0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Better of Red. my name is Pip Adam and this is episode 90. Um, and it is the fourth in our element series. Um, We are very lucky to have support from Copyright Licensing New Zealand um, to make a year-long series this year Um, and each of the seasons is based on an element of craft, an element of um, art and at the moment we are um, in amongst the season of place. So how we write place, what place means to our characters, what place means to us, what place means to our writing so um, I feel incredibly lucky because I get to talk to three people um, yeah anyway I get to talk to Charlie Pearson Helen Lundorf and Marilyn Krasner um, three artists in their own right amazing artists individually but also um, three folk who have got together to produce just this incredible show called from the 4410 to the 4412 it is I think Charlie describes it as a dynamic reading and um, I feel like it's just it was one of the best ways to experience writing um, I really enjoyed the show I got to see it in Palmerston North um, and this podcast is actually recorded the day after the show and I'm very grateful for all three of them to be willing to talk again about the show after um, so much hard work um, collaborating to make this wonderful, wonderful event um, so those postcodes uh, 4410 4412 um, uh, are are centred in Palmerston North and um, yeah we take those postcodes as the sort of focus of our conversation um, it's a very far-reaching and exciting conversation um, there are a couple of things that people talk about in the podcast um, first of all um, people talk a lot about snails now um, snails is um, a building in central Palmerston North that um, contains these amazing artist-run spaces and um, It's one of the most incredible places I've been. Um, We went there after the show um, and there was all sorts of exciting things going on. And yeah, it's incredible. I've put a link to um, Snail's Facebook page on our website. And I've also put a link to Marilyn's um, webpage, um, which is really great and has information about who booked the radicals. Um, I think that's everything I'm very grateful um, to these three they were amazing hosts Um, before we recorded we have had a really lovely brunchy breakfast out in the sun and yeah it was a really pleasant experience so I hope you enjoy this podcast and um, yeah I've offered an exercise at the end of it so if you want to stay listening for that that'd be awesome thank you very much
1: A while ago, I heard a guy getting evicted from his flat across the road. He was very angry, and he didn't calm down when the police arrived. Although at one point, I heard him say to the police officer, I'm a lifeguard. I save lives. What do you do?
2: On Tuesday, at the petrol station to fuel my car, there was a toaster on the ground beside the fuel pump. All
3: the places you used to work pile up and circle in until every community meeting you attend is full of ex-work colleagues and ambivalent memories.
1: I want to pretend I'm a writer stranded in Palmerston North. Oh, hang on. I don't need to pretend. I will drink coffee all day at The Verdict because that's a good name for a cafe and they have bottomless filtered coffee. This is not an endorsement of that cafe.
2: I get genuinely excited about going to see what's new at Reduce to Clear. I bought a kilo of hummus for $4 there once. That was a great day.
3: When I was young, we lugged massive boomboxes around. They took 6D batteries and they sounded really good. Now teenagers walk past my house playing hip-hop out of their phones. It might be more portable, but it sounds like shit. To the
1: 4412.
0: so shall we begin yep <laughs> hello everyone um how are you all doing good
3: good yeah a little bit tired because um i had post show euphoria last night <laughs> and couldn't sleep <laughs> i'm yeah. glad
0: it was euphoria that's yeah i'm sorry you didn't sleep though.
2: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good as well i'm all right <laughs> Yep, cool
0: same Awesome. Um, the first thing I was wondering if you could do is um, introduce yourselves, um, however you want to introduce yourselves, and maybe if we go around this way, so if we start with Helen, that'd be great.
3: Kia ora, my name is Helen Lendorf and I'm a Manawatu-based writer. I grew up in Taranaki. I've written two books, um, a volume of poetry called The Comforter and a non-fiction book called Right to the Centre.
2: Uh, I'm Charlie. I am also a writer. Um, I also make art, mostly um, collage. I had an exhibition last year in Palmerston North at um, Sales, which is a mixture of uh, poetry and collages that were kind of based around the use of rubbish and trying to repurpose waste into things to actually look at, not simply discard. Um I write poetry, I write short fiction, I've written um, a few short plays. Uh, I think what for me it is is that I'd like to challenge myself by writing in really different forms. Um, yeah,
0: awesome.
1: And uh, I'm Marilyn and originally from Southern California, but I've lived in New Zealand since two thousand and three, which is a very long time in someone's life, my life <laughs> specifically. <laughs> Um, and I wrote a book called The Radicals. Um, I started in 2016 and released it in 2020 and I work a corporate day job, but, um, I have, I write as much as I can, um, and have had the lovely opportunity to hang out with these two freaks for the last (laughs) five months. (laughs) Yeah. Freaks
0: come out at night. The show was amazing, like I got to see it last night and it was incredible and um, one of the amazing things about it is this collaboration that you all have built and I just wonder, like Charlie, I think you were taking credit for getting these three people together, do you, do you want <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do
2: like to say that, don't I? Um, yeah, so I probably have the, the shortest relationship with anyone here, um, but oh. I... Um, came across Helen because I read I found her poetry book in the library in town and I loved it and I was like oh my gosh she lives here I've seen her around I want to be her friend um and Marilyn um how do I oh I met Marilyn through the snails community so when I was doing my exhibition she was one of the sort of creative people I came across um yeah and I asked them both to read at my exhibition that I had I wanted to have a really um another element rather than just the art I wanted to really expose the, the poetry as well um and so I asked them to come along not really knowing them at all and they were like yes we'd love to and then afterwards while we were milling around looking at the exhibition we, I sort of brought up the idea of like it'd be cool to like do something with you guys and they were so keen for a writing group and yeah and then a couple of months later we we got into it after my um organization like yes let's do it now guys how about <laughs> now how about next week um,
0: yeah and then it's gone from there. Oh, it's just I mean there's some there's some magic happening with you three. It's just amazing. Um so we've sort of chosen an object and I was wondering um Helen do you want to introduce the object that you all have chosen?
3: So um part of our um the show we just did last night um it's called the 4410 to the 4412. Um and those are the central Palmerston North postcodes where the three of us live. Um, and so um, our object is a map of Central Palmerston North that um, Charlie painstakingly drew the borders of those two postcodes, and we were very faithful to the borders of those two postcodes when we were um, collaborating on this piece, and um, we did all kinds of different things. Like, we, um, we, we sort of walked a lot of the border, we went on walks around the the perimeters and the border between um like Charlie actually just lives four blocks that way but the border <laughs> of the two <laughs> postcodes it make it makes sound really dramatic um is down the middle. Um I should say we just gave Pip a thank you card for coming to our show and um I chose a post a postcard of the Berlin Wall because we got really <laughs> oh, yeah. strange about this border, that non existent yeah. border that's just in our head. Mm. Anyway, we walked the border. And um, we took photographs, and we just tried to like it's it's such familiar terrain, but we tried to see it fresh by just um, inhabiting it in a in a different way. Yeah. And so the maps here, and it was um, it looks pretty humble, but it was a big part of um, this whole devising process.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's an amazing project and an amazing process. And um, I was just thinking, Marilyn was watching again this morning your panel at same same different and i think it was called far away or from far away and this idea of the local i'm wondering can you talk a little bit about how that fits with the project and your own thinking your own work that kind of thing
1: yeah i think um for me specifically i write fiction and so I spend a lot of time thinking of these made-up places um, or, you know, made-up people in real places, so it was quite cool to be able to drive around, drive the kids to school, drive to work or whatever, walk around, and create made-up people in my real place, you know, the place that I drive every day, I drive the same route (laughs) every morning, so... um, yeah I think sometimes fiction for me is an escape you know a lovely escape that I'm very grateful to have and so to be able to put fiction within my like everyday life my actual everyday life is quite cool Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah I want to say like um it was really cool having Marilyn in this process because she comes at writing from quite a different perspective than me and Helen do um, me and Helen are mostly sort of like poetry I mean poetry was where I really started with writing and I with a lot of my well actually pretty much all of my writing because I journal as well it's very um, self-reflective and I feel most comfortable when I'm writing about myself um, and I, I try a bit of fiction but it was really cool to um, have Marilyn there and being like I want to do something like where we actually like make up people because it's like kind of intense if we just talk about ourselves and it might be a little bit boring uh (laughs) (laughs) maybe I shouldn't say that but um yeah it was really cool to like really I mean like I was saying I love to to try push myself to to be a different kind of writer so the fact that we ended up with this beautiful fictional story is like interesting because I don't think it's where we necessarily expected our project to be but um yeah.
0: Do you? Yeah. Helen, fiction. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This. This is one of the most exciting things I think about the project for me is the way that um, this thing that you've articulated, this idea that it's very real place. And then imagined people put in it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that worked for you? Well, I mean, obviously, what I think is really great about the project as well is that it, it doesn't feel like a project where someone wrote this and someone wrote this and someone wrote this. It feels like a true collaboration. But I just wonder about your experience of that.
3: Oh yeah, I was usually resistant to writing fiction <laughs> because it's not my strength. And uh, like I started out writing fiction when you know twenty years ago, yeah. Um, and I had very minor success. I won some short story competitions and got some short stories published. But um but then was, you know, my head was turned by um the the world of poetry um, and in life writing. Um so I, I was really resistant to it and I was determined to pull Marilyn over to the world of poetry <laughs> yes. and life writing. Um yeah. but yeah, uh, that that's not what happened. <laughs> so um what what we what did happen is that Um, I mean, we we had like several different Google Docs going on with different things. We had one where we were just throwing random ideas and links, and then another, and then we had one where we wrote this list, a little bit of what uh, we read in the podcast here. Um, and so people were just adding short one to three line observations or memories of this place, um, into that document, and we ended up generating around six thousand words worth of those little. Um, observations so that you know there's quite a few of them mm. and then we had a workshopping day here at, around this table actually and um that day like in my head it was like oh we've got all that stuff we've got six thousand words the show is going to be like reading the best of that list mm. it's going to be yeah. very real and sort of quite poetic and true and it's going to be that and we're just going to sort of tidy up and it's all nailed down. And then <laughs> what happened in the workshopping day is that I was reading it aloud to these two so we could start like editing and pulling stuff out. And then Marilyn just goes, this is really boring. <laughs> and and, okay. uh, and so everything inside me went cold and was like, no. And it was, yeah, yeah, this is really boring. You're right, mm-hmm. Marilyn. Yes, it's really boring. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then we were like, right, well, we're going to have to make the fiction thing work. And so then we went pedal to the metal with the fiction, and we all just threw ourselves into it, and all these characters emerged. And um, I think Marilyn was like really brave and awesome to call that when you know there was quite a lot of pressure from me to stick to that idea. Um, And I also um, respect her for that, and I think she saved us from delivering a you know, possibly quite earnest. possibly quite boring show <laughs> and made something more kind of feisty and um entertaining uh, marilyn likes to write people behaving badly so you would have seen the influence there last night pip mm. like nobody behaves really mm. that well mm. in the mm. in the fictional narrative um that was so fun i see why marilyn likes it now like, mm. writing people behaving badly is incredible fun
0: I feel like I should give you a right of reply on the people behaving badly, because <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I, I mean, I love, uh, I mean, everybody knows how much I love the radicals, and mm. I just, yeah, like, um, what is it, do you think that, see, my English 101 kind of head is thinking, oh, the fictional people gave you freedom, but I'm wondering what, can you, and not everyone thinks like this, so it's totally cool if not, but, Can you work out what that change
1: did to the project? Like, like when I said the list was boring. Well, I think there's. (laughs) I was thinking of a couple things. So there's like the interpersonal relationship part of that, where we're three people with very strong, you know, uh, aesthetics in Mm -hmm. our own writing, Mm -hmm. and so, um, so as uh, talking to my friends, saying that this thing that we've created is boring, it was you know worry about being dominating or in a collaborative um, environment but then also I guess I was think I felt an obligation to give people like a narrative and um I don't know is that selling out but um for a free event it was
2: really great and also I should note that it's not like yes we are like good friends now so it wasn't like marilyn was being really rude when she said <laughs> yeah. that it might be boring she was like it was it's an honesty and transparency that we've really used um and i think it's been super important to make this project as kind of incestuously collaborative mm, <laughs> as as it has been is that we haven't take been really precious about anything and that we have taken everything on because we want to make something good I mean, we want to make something that's really true to us as well. But mm-hmm. I think as well, what we learned is that you can make something that's true to you, while also it's not—it's a bit different than what you've done previously, but it's still fully you because you've put your stamp on it. That sounds kind of like cliche, doesn't it? No, no not um, at all. that
0: sounds surprisingly yeah. exciting. Like, it, I just think—I just think that—that's why I knew it would be amazing talking to you guys because I feel like sometimes there's um better step carefully but sometimes there's this Mm -hmm. word collaborative Mm -hmm. but what i saw last night felt truly collaborative you know what i mean like it really um i think whatever that process was just worked so well Mm. and i wonder like sorry going back to my obsessions i wonder if it's something to do with the groundedness of the space that you chose like i wonder if there was the ability
1: to fly away Mm. because you were able to come back to this Mm. like that it was constraint Mm. yeah Yeah. I think we said we use that word a lot didn't we constraint and um I think for me yeah I think you're right I think it was um kind of a lot was already done work was already done this place already exists and we just had to kind of go off our individual, well, I had to go off my individual inspiration mm-hmm. um, and what the river means to me, but like in, as a character or people who interact with the river. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, I was going to say that the, because we don't have a coast here, the river kind of is our coast. Mm. So a Palmerston or Summer is uh, very much spent along the river. And I like that that, came through now. Yeah. piece the river appears a lot it was kind of surprising to me but i enjoyed it mm. how much it turns yeah. up mm. i
2: found it actually also that was kind of the hardest thing when we decided that we had to be extremely constrained because um, i was like oh palmerston north like it's it's like we're we happy living here but it's like if we write about it will we be able to convey that, and I was, yeah, I found it hard to pull stuff out of myself initially when we were in this kind of nebulous idea of what our show was going to be, just qu- trying to write mm. things. I, f- I kept wanting to, um, all the ideas that I thought were great were had nothing to do with being here. Um, they were kind of, I guess, more about people who happened to live here, and it was kind of like it could have been any city. Mm. So that actually scared me for a while, being like, how do we be real? Because I think that was obviously really important is that we actually do show what Palmy is like because there's all these opinions that people have of Palmy, you know, from uh, people who aren't from here. Um, and we also, like, understand that we didn't want to make something really glossy and, and sort of sugar-coated that said that was kind of like some sort of tourist ad that <laughs> was like, Palmy's actually great and everyone else has been wrong in the past. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> It wasn't about that, it was about, this is actually a word that I used a lot throughout the process, was um, kind of irony and a little bit of satire um, in that, because I think you've got to, because you've got those two angles of like, yes, we know that is looked down on as like, like John Cleese when he came here to do his show, you know, he, he famously said that it was the place to go to die. And then we, there's also the side of us who are like, we're happy living here and it is actually an underrated place to be. So we're like, we both believe those two things. How do we put them together mm. and make that clear mm. in our piece?
3: Yeah, and, and I really wanted to show both the beauty and the challenges of being in a close-knit community. Like the arts community mm. here in Palmerston North is, is really close-knit and lots of people know each other and whenever you have any close-knit community anywhere, there's a lot of beauty in that, and there are edges as well. Mm. And so I wanted to convey that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, and and I, I just wanted to slightly defend the list and say that um, <laughs> oh, having no. made it sound like it was a an abject failure, a lot of the list, um, aside from the wee bits of the list we read, um, a lot of um, images and stuff from the list did end up in the longer narrative pieces. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think the list... W- you know, informed the way we wrote about here, even though it didn't end up being presented in that way. Yeah. And um, it was great how uh, much Charlie and Marilyn pushed back because I can be quite forceful once I get um, a bit between my teeth with an idea. Mm -hmm. And really early on when I was a little bit, you know how you, when you start in a collaboration, there's a moment where you're a bit in free fall and you're like, Oh my God, you know, are these two going to have anything to bring. Am I going to have to just bring it?
1: And and,
3: um, (laughs) so what I did was I did a, I did a because I, I, you know, I used to be a high school teacher and a university teacher, so I'm very like I can get into a teachy sort of mode and I did this like flip chart <laughs> presentation. <gasps>
2: yes. I, so like I really do. Of the gorge, Like that I'm one. such
3: uh, I just embarrass myself what I do sometimes, but I, you know, it's a little stressed. So so I wrote a, a flip chart I think it had about 3 pages and I I had imagined this whole world it was sort of a <laughs> Partly hyper-realist and partly um, magic realism, <laughs> because we have this new civic sculpture, which is a giant uh, bronze gnome, mm, and mm. I was quite taken with the gnome, and I've also been really taken by um, the the gnome and fairy people um, in the Te Ao Māori world, the pa- Patu and um and and then we've got the Manawatu Gorge, and I feel that's a very special place where all kinds of different creatures live. So I did this <laughs> this <laughs> flip chart presentation about how we were going to write about the gnome, and the gnome was going to be this creature who had emerged from the gorge, and it was all about the gorge and nature, and um, you know, these spiritual elements, and then like this, the city folk and the gnome, and you know, i I've got my pen pointing, and I've got my flip chart. <laughs> That was in the living room, there. Yeah. And um, these two were just like, oh no. <laughs> ah, yeah, Helen, yeah. no, that is not what we're doing. <laughs> and I mean, that's good, isn't it? It's good it wasn't that, eh? Hey?
2: <laughs> but it was great that, like, I think Helen felt a desperation to come up with an idea because for a long time we were just...
3: In process, Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, we were just flying around in the air, like trying to look for some ground to land yeah. on with this, with our project. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was really important that we did start thinking more directly about what the show was actually going to be. Mm. And obviously there were going to be some ideas that didn't work. Cause it's like, you're not just trying to please one person. Mm. There's three people too. Yeah. Um, and,
3: and those four firm no's and those pushback's that's how stuff gets built Mm, right mm, that's mm, how mm. stuff gets built Mm. because uh once you know what you don't want that it lessens the pull of the everything that it could Mm. be
0: and i think that beautiful thing you said about arts communities like um yeah i think i think that often i really back early someone said to me oh collaboration never works you know humans don't get on Mm. and like I think that the thing is that we expect a smooth path but really for me the most successful things I've been involved with that are collaborative have that fears come in the you know the arguments are where the you know the thing is and you said something interesting um oh actually I think it was at your um interview up in Auckland but that idea of conflict and I'm thinking that that is, there's a bit of an engine of that in this mm. work, eh? Like, yeah. do you want to talk about the way, yeah, the the slight conflicts there are, like,
1: um, in the you know, between the characters in the work? Yeah, yeah.
2: go for it now,
1: huh? between the characters, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the so in the piece, we've got the dynamic of these famous artists who are visiting either secretly, visiting, you know, it's during the pandemic. Um, so there's two, two individual artists and then you've got the local artists. And so they, they kind of, um, exist in parallel. Um, and then there are a couple scenes where they, <clears throat> when they actually have conflict, like physical conflict in one of them. <laughs> and so I think what we, what, I mean, we didn't want to be super overt about it, but like, um, there is a conflict when you've got a, a famous visiting person who gets a lot of attention and press and can, funding and then you've got the local artists who just live every day you know work just hand to mouth live hand to mouth and make their art and run you know like in Palmy actually we have artists who are running spaces for other artists and musicians and um working jobs and trying to do art as well so Mm -hmm. it's just I think we kind of we sewed all of that together Mm -hmm. you know um and to try to make a narrative Mm -hmm. that people who maybe are not involved in arts community would be able to understand yeah Yeah.
0: because I think one of the this feels like this idea of away and close and local and not local and all those sorts of things like this feels like one of the best things about the pandemic that I've seen. You know, what I mean, like this this idea of people returning um, and, you know, suddenly places being reimagined. I think that it works really well. And I think the arc is so good. How on earth, this is like, I haven't prepped you for any of these questions, so don't, yeah. Um, how on earth did you get such a good arc? Like, it's such a satisfying narrative. Do you know what I mean? Yet what I'm hearing is that it was a lot of Mm. experiment, improvisation, that kind of thing. Like, was that something you did at the end and laid over Mm. the top? Or was it something you processed as you went? We
3: had the same workshopping day, because it was a a long day. (laughs) It started with Marilyn um, saying what we had was boring. Um, So then later in that day, uh, we got out a post-it notepad and um, we made, and we were like, we have got, Cause there was another document with some fictional stuff that had just started but you know I, I was like no it's the list and there was that stuff which i wasn't even taking seriously at that point point. and then we got out a um pad of post-it notes and we wrote the characters in there and what we had so far and we sort of like oh there's something here you know there is something here we can we can push this and we can find something here that this person could be related. This was what if we made these two sisters, mm-hmm. you know? And we seriously, we it was like one of those mm. crime shows with post it notes and we moved around and we sort of tried different ideas on. And then we were like, Well, if that needs to happen, someone needs to write a scene about that. If this is going to happen, someone needs to write a character that does that. And then we just wrote out, Charlie is great administratively, mm. so he wrote this really comprehensive to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then because like Marilyn says, we're all, we all have multiple jobs and families and we don't have much time. So we were very hardworking and methodical. Like we would go yeah. to our jobs during the day We'd come home, and whoever hit the Google Doc first would just go eh, 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 and work down the to-do list until. Awesome. To, so there was no preference. or I think I'm not even inspired by that. It was just <laughs> like it was work. <laughs> it was like right, I need to do seven to nine, and I've got an hour, and I'm just going to do it. And um, the exciting yeah. thing about writing with other people in a shared Google Doc is that if you happen to log in at the same time, (laughs) you can see them in there. It is very... Oh my God, it's (laughs) so exciting. This is
1: not an endorsement for Google Docs. (laughs) (laughs) But they are great. Sometimes, Mm. you
3: know, like writing or editing would be happening and you could see the people in the dog. And they would also be messaging each other going, are you in there? What are you doing? And stuff. It was very surreal. and Yeah, anyway, it was fun. It was fun. It was innervating. And and I,
2: I would keep messaging guys, everyone else being like, Stop watching me. Why are you watching me write <laughs> in real time? This is why I prefer to do it in, in a, a Microsoft Word document and then put my writing in it.
0: It feels almost like a television, like the writer's table kind of, mm. you know, like it, it feels yeah. almost like that, Which and just I'm so jealous of having like other minds to help because, again, it feels like I'm looking at my fiction fellow over here, Marilyn, mm-hmm. but, you know, again, like um, having those decisions made by a, more diverse brain than my brain. How did I would have I I feel I feel very jealous. Mm. I think that would have been amazing. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I mean cuz I have a journalism background, so I'm used to giving well, I mean it's been a long time since I had an editor, but I'm used to giving a piece to an editor who then, you know, chops it up and says, you know, I should have used this word instead of that word and so I think maybe I just kind of submitted to that in a way with trust, you know, and I think that's a big thing with collaboration is trust. And, and also like this, um, and, and I just like the process. Like I was saying that the other day, I didn't even have to have the performance. Um, although when I got up in front of that mic stand yesterday, it was quite fun, but, um, So I, I really just enjoy the process. And even this morning I was like, oh, all this stuff that I'm doing, this is the stuff that I've been wanting to do. Like, this is what I want in my life. And so, um, yeah. And so thank you guys for making a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I think, yeah, I just really, um, uh, enjoyed the process even when it was, you know, hard and exhausting Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah
3: yeah uh, one thing I found really interesting is that um collaboratively writing the same character and I was I was sort of like how is this working that you know I'm writing Frank for a while and then Marilyn's writing Frank and then Charlie's writing Frank yeah. and it seemed to work like yeah. but I think for that to work I think you do have to sort of have similarish sensibilities and you know, worldview and political views and stuff because... Well, maybe not, but it sort of felt like we had enough similarities that we could all have a go at writing a character and there weren't too many points where any, anyone was like, oh, I don't think that character would say that or that feels wrong or whatever. So I found that really intriguing because I kind of... You know, you know of um, collaborative things where someone will write one character and then someone else will write the other character, but to have multiple... Writers writing the same yeah. characters. That mm. was I was surprised mm. that worked,
0: and it really does in the yeah. show. Like it's it's astonishing how well it works in the show. Um, I am gonna. Uh, this is a question, and I've never quite worked out how to um formulate it. Ooh. But I'm gonna go to Charlie. So this is like a really long, necessary question. Okay. Are you are you There's comfortable? Comfortable? <laughs> um, it's really at its base is how do you write place. And I'm just wondering, I'm thinking about your work with the collage and sort of taking things out of place and creating new place. And I'm thinking this place you know well. All of you kind of looked at it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, is it through the human experience that we get the best sense of the place? Or is it through, there are some beautiful descriptions in the work. Is it bodies acting on the place? Like, is setting something you think about in your poetry, or not really?
2: Hmm, interesting, because place isn't often something that I think about, but I think what it was for me, and what I found myself always going back to, is that I have a real um, sense of um, conveying the truth, um, and conveying reality. Like, I said this quite a few times to Helen and Marilyn, once the piece became fictional once we knew we were going down that path I had concerns for myself quite a lot of being like I'm not sure how to write as these people because I haven't had their experiences Um, and that's always my thing that's why I I naturally feel most comfortable just writing as myself because I I understand that you know everyone experiences the world in a totally different way and I don't want to pretend like I understand how someone else thinks um, so going back to the sense of place, I think yes, I, I live here and I have for a long time and I know the place. So um that's what I always came back to when I was writing these characters, was that like I guess it is a little bit of me but that always kind of happens mm-hmm. in your writing, you always put yourself everywhere. Um yeah, so I was just writing um bits of myself and from hearing, you know, Helen and Marilyn and how they experience living here. Um yeah I that sounds really what, good I think that's
0: what it was I was thinking as well like um it's a similar question Marilyn like um how do you approach writing place like um you have written from here writing back to a place um you've written about here um yeah like how do we express place
1: mm. yeah I mean I think for me it's really hard to write any story without the character and so um and that's something I said to these guys at the beginning and they were like yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> characters <laughs> 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 what did the, you say the poetic voice and I was like what is that <laughs> yeah. yeah we, spent a while about the lyrics, we so all think it have, like it's what this is, yeah. yeah what is the voice but so yeah so for me there has to be a person or people and then the place is um, explained through their perspective. Yeah, so, um, I'm not sure, and I think, yeah, and I maybe that's like a um, what do you call it? Like a handicap? What's that? What's another word for that? Like a safe zone? Maybe mm. I didn't go out of my safe zone that much mm. because I was attached so much to character. But I guess, um, there. I was hesitant. Like, I wanted to bring the list back after we said, let's throw the list out. We actually b- brought it back mm. because I thought it was really important to have the, those detached observations mm. because then anyone could attach on to them because they are specific to place. Like, we brought back, out of 6,000 words, I don't know how many we chose, like a 1,500? No, oh, 15 little snippets, yeah, mm. that had to be very specific mm. to... Mm. Um, the postcodes Mm. yeah so mm. because that um
0: sort of want to come to you Helen now because like in my again um my undergraduate English um (laughs) embarrassment um you know like when I think about place it's often poetry that I think about going to I don't know why like I think that those um that I I talked to Rose about this those long descriptive passages and novels leave me a bit cold and I just wonder yeah do you have any thoughts about how you um um you know conjure place in Mm. in in your writing Mm.
3: oh through the body um yeah I heard your interview with Rose and I found it really interesting and I think Rose said that she doesn't really like those long descriptive passages and can you know can skip over them and stuff and um I find that too unless they are integrated in the character's voice, if it's fiction, um, through a somatic experience, through embodiment and the senses, and um, so there's no delineation of person-place, like, mm. place is person and person is place, you know, it's it's kind of amorphous. Um, yeah, so I, um, I've thought about and written a lot about um, our environment in terms of talking, thinking about the degradation of our environment, and um, when I've written about that, whether it's in life writing or poetry or whatever, I'm always trying to convey that how, um, yes, we have um, intellects which we like to believe are kind of separate from <laughs> our embodied experience. <laughs> Um, but I, that's not my experience like, I experience global warming and my freaking about it with my whole body with my nervous system with my breath and, my, and where I live and how and the things I do and the place I live so for me um, it's if, if, if you can convey that somehow like, um, if you can convey that you are part of the place there's no um, like I don't even like the delineation of, of people and nature For that reason as well Um, because we are at and if you're an environmentalist you're um, nature defending itself Mm -hmm. I believe Um, so yeah so for me a a well-expressed sense of place in poetry or or fiction or any kind of writing actually um, has to involve that somatic sensual embodied element to be compelling and believable Mm -hmm. and real.
2: That's really interesting. This is the first time kind of hearing about this, but this makes a lot of sense um, to, to Helen's approach to writing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's really cool.
0: Because I think that's what's very um, exciting about the show is that, um, you know, um, oh, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I was just thinking about towards the end, there's a lot of time, well, throughout, there's time in the river, in the water, there's time walking the streets, there's time sort of looking at you know shops and commercial premises and stuff like that but it it does this I I mean one question that I asked you and Helen very rightly said what do you think Pip is you know the life of a work like this outside of the Mm -hmm. local you know and like I think I said to you all last night like I felt quite affected by it and I don't live here I mean I I love this place but um you know I I feel like there's this very I I feel like it's very transferable was that anywhere in your mind when you were making it like were you thinking like I guess this is a boring question because it's about audience but I'm Mm -hmm. just wondering like is this at all interesting for you to talk about who you think you are making it for
2: yeah see I have the problem and this is actually probably a good thing to ask me this question because I have a real um um i have trouble not thinking about the audience Mm, mm. and um i know before we even started this project when we were doing our um our writing groups and i would um, show helen Marilyn my writing and i would talk about having a concern about writing in a certain way because i'm worried that the audience wouldn't understand um yeah because i have a lot of like like a theater background Mm, so i especially mm. near the end um I was thinking a lot about how the audience will understand our piece, especially because even though it is like it follows a path and it's a, a story about things happening and there's a sense of resolution um, to certain stories and there's a couple of different storylines going on, I was really thinking like I, we need to make sure that it's um, to be interesting to the audience, it needs to make some sort of sense. Mm. Um, and so I got into the, the theatre head space of thinking like no matter who these people are who watching, um, I thought a lot about physicality, um, and I thought it was really important that we put the list stuff in the, with the fiction as a way of just creating rhythm. I, I, th- I think a lot about rhythm and, because um, I think if you're giving the same note to an audience over and over again with, um, the way you're performing it, it it's good for a while and then it gets boring. So i I've found it really important that we have different, um, levels of, of stuff going on so that they could, you know, listen and, and then kind of take a sort of a less intense um, audience mm-hmm. approach to the work, mm-hmm. um, and yet with us kind of moving around and um, it did kind of turn into, I turned it into a bit of a, a script um, by making us say different parts, like speaking as different characters and that kind of thing, just so. Um, there's all this change happening of of suddenly Marilyn's talking and then Helen's talking and then I'm talking but we're never talking as as the same character and then we move around on the stage Um, and something we haven't even talked about yet is the video that plays in in the background Mm -hmm. which um, is just this kind of ambient piece which I thought was really important for the audience as if the audience ever wants to like tune into something else on the stage or if if we're not giving them everything they need in a certain moment which sounds actually that's kind of a, a bit of a, a rough thing to say to us but um yeah because because i knew that there was going to be like our family coming to the show and they're not necessarily the most um artistically minded people so i wanted to give there to be something for them too and i wanted them to feel like they couldn't engage with the work too yeah, yeah, that didn't really answer the question, but uh.
3: it's interesting though. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. Helen. So uh, our show was 45 minutes long, and um, after our show was some uh, poetic short films. Mm. Um, New Zealand poet Charles Olson um, helped facilitate, and Charles's films are, I think pretty much all made you know in the northern hemisphere, and they're called poetry without borders. So how and so we were the local fluffers for these um, very international films. Um, so that's why, as part of the reason we went so local, like, I, you know, I was like, let's not just write Palmerston North, let's write right in the middle of Palms North and, and sort of create a bit of a dialectic and the thing that's coming after us and us, you know, like a, a nice, like two extremes. Um, and so you asking about audience, I feel like I wanted to, given that the audience was possibly there to see these international films more than the local fluffer act <laughs> um I wanted to deliver something to them that reflected them back to them in some way so that just you know to that thing of like hey you know we live here as local artists amongst you and you know we honor you with a slight sort of mirroring of where you live and also don't forget we're here <laughs> and we, you know we, we're making art here and uh, we hope you like some of it, and just that kind of thing. So I, I think I was thinking about that quite a bit. Um, so that's why, um, hopefully not too heavy-handedly, but there are a lot of very specific naming of Palmerston North Places mm, mm. in it, because I wanted that audience to go, oh my gosh, snails, I've been there, and yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, I drive around the square in a Toronto or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, because there's something really powerful, uh, especially if you don't live in a big urban centre, like Auckland or Wellington or Dunedin or whatever. And there's something really um, cool about he- hearing where you live um, reflected in an art piece, mm. so, um, yeah.
2: I think even if you're not from here and you don't get the references to the places, I think people, I mean, I know I certainly, when I'm, I'm, re- I'm engaging with a bit of work, I love when the, the characters are really specific because mm. um, even though you don't, Maybe have a personal relation to that thing they're talking about. I think it just makes it interesting, and it probably says something about the the characters. Mm. Um, maybe it's just the name of the place mm. That, mm. that evokes something to you. Um, interesting as well. It was a really late addition, making all those specific mm. specific things. Um, yeah, we just thought we've got to we've got to pop them in there because. Mm. Yeah, these are little tidbits, little little fun Easter eggs for mm. people.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, um I remember um a friend um a, there was there is an American teacher that I um, did a class with and um she said to us, Oh my gosh, you've got a supermarket called New World <laughs> and she was like, What a gift And I really? think that there is an energy in specific mm. place names that mm. are just not there. This was a performance, Marilyn. Mm. I don't know your history with performance. <laughs> Now, um, I am a monotone I, <laughs> Californian. <laughs> Not, Even my
1: son gave me a note afterwards. He's like, you didn't hit that first joke.
2: Really?
1: <laughs> Everyone's
0: a critic. <laughs> um, that was one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that, you know, the space is being, um, it's being imagined in another space. Like it's it was in the library, you were on stage, there was lighting, there was a fantastic um, video behind, there was movement, um, Can you talk a little bit about either what that was like standing up in front of people and presenting or, um, some of the decisions you made around, um, the movement, you know, like it it wasn't highly sort of choreographed, which I thought was quite cool. Mm. Um, could you talk a little bit about either of those things or anything else you want to talk about?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, um, I probably fought maybe internally and externally, um, the, the theatrical elements but I think they totally worked like I think Charlie did a really good job at um dividing all of the um segments Mm. so that we could Mm -hmm. each do different things and say different and be different characters be different genders and it was confusing and it was fun um and the movement as well I did think it really worked so basically between the list and the narrative we had two different positions you know so we changed mics depending on um which one we were reading. So, um but yeah, in terms of the acting, <laughs> I am uh I think there's like uh, maybe people would relate if I'm going to be reading my work, then it's come from me and somehow I hit the notes in a different way than maybe I would if I was reading something someone else had written. Maybe they think I would read it in a way that they wouldn't perform it, you know, so I was a little bit concerned about that. But then when it came to the closer to the time where we actually had to perform it, it is a performance. Mm. So I just did my best. And Helen's the one who had to rap yes. and yes. do do a faux uh radio commercial. Yes. But... So
0: Helen <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you just stand back when they were like, Who will do this? And did you just like do that? Somehow
1: she was <laughs> allocated Uh, (laughs) the freestyle um hip-hop yeah yeah
2: so i i will say as the person who did kind of turn this into a script and kind of give it the perspective of hey we're going to be on stage and it's not just a reading um we came up with the wonderful title of that our piece is a dynamic reading i like that yeah um because like i say while each sort of section, each scene, if you will, was uh, rec- spoken by one person, um, if there was dialogue, which dialogue happened a lot once, once we turned this into a story, I thought it was important that, actually to make it less acting, because that's mm. what I was thinking about, mm. because Helen and Marilyn aren't actors and don't want to be acting, and I also don't really um, do acting anymore, I'm not super interested in, in, in doing acting anymore, because I just want to kind of be myself. Um, I, was, I, I made these changes that made sure it wasn't acting that we were doing. So even though people would speak the lines of different characters, it's not like Helen was always speaking as Maya. Mm, it's mm. not like Marilyn was always speaking for um, Kat. Um, it was purely like I was really logical. I guess it's that administrative, logical Um, mind that I have, I was just making sure that me and Helen and Marilyn all read equally Mm. so if Helen read first and then I read second and then Marilyn would read third and it would keep going in that order and then I would change it around so as another way of making it dynamic and sort of creating rhythm um, that the audience wouldn't get too expected about who was going to talk when Um, so that's how it was picked who would Talk as a, as a character, so there was a lot of gender flipping going on. Um, yeah, we were all playing different people. Um, I think we all probably played every single character. Mm. Um, so it's not like we had to have the voice of the character. Um, yeah, well, I think someone said that our show was the best way to think of it is like a radio play, yeah, to deliver it that way. Um, so there's a there, there is a sense of acting to it, but um. I think that's just for the audience to be able to in- engage because mm. that's probably what they are expecting. Um,
3: Early on, mm. Marilyn sent us some SNL sketches <laughs> where the comedians <laughs> take the piss out of um, high school theatre, Yep and earnest, <laughs> earnest high school yeah. theatre, and that was her way of going, "We are not doing this." <laughs> and um, yeah, and and there are like Marilyn's line that would come up a lot is. This is, this is not theatre, you know we're doing creative writing, this is not theatre. So um, yeah, it was, it was sort of a running joke. Um, in those SNL skits, the actors have these black <laughs> boxes on the stage, and do yep. you know the one I yep, mean? Yeah, I know here. exactly and the so one you they, mean. So <laughs> when they want to sort of announce something dramatically, they climb up on the box and do a big jazz hands kind of thing. And then when we're <laughs> trying to work out how to move, Around the stage, like we had this idea about having different um, chairs and stuff, and then Charlie actually suggested that we use a box <laughs> and stand on it. And Rowan was just like bugging out because her SNL sketch fears were like. Coming back into a possibility, but we didn't end up
0: doing that. I just feel so seen by that sketch.
3: <laughs> like I just, you know
0: what I mean. Like the, I find reading my work really hard and, <laughs> I read it, hard, and I just hear that in my voice. Oh, I'm like, no. like, I, yeah. Someone said to me the other yeah. day, Gertrude Steinmarch? much. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think I think it's really tricky. Like, how did you find like that? I also like I've seen you. Um, you know I've seen you read poetry I've seen you sing as part of a poetry reading you know like I've seen you I think you had a line in the poem that you sang so how did you find it like because I agree that it's it's a performance but it definitely it's sitting in this fantastic space where it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like theater and it doesn't feel like reading and I really I really like that term how did you find it?
3: Oh, I was really, I felt really sick most of yesterday yeah. before the show. Yeah. Um, I always come from a place of honouring the audience. So, yep. like, something that really rips my ration book. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a world war two saying that. When you go to a poetry reading, and I mean, I know poets are, like, often, you know, really introverted inhibitor people and i honor that you know and and you know anxiety social anxiety is real like yes um but also um something that does bother me is um if you go to a reading and there's no concession to the audience um so the the poets just sort of deliver that they just melt their poems down their chest and they don't try to engage with their audience or project their voice I mean most poets are amazing at reading Mm, but mm, sometimes mm. you might go to one you know that is like that and and I so I um try to come to this place of honoring the audience like these people are here on a Friday night they could be watching RuPaul's Drag Race on their sofa they are here so even though some of the stuff I had to do last night was scary and I had to feel sick all of yesterday so I could do it I just really pushed myself to try to do it to the best I could possibly do it as a way of honouring the audience that came and gave me Mm. some of their time. Mm. Because
0: one thing I was thinking, like, knowing that there was a performance coming up, did that stop you from writing anything? Like,
3: Like aside from this? Yeah,
0: like, no, what I mean is, like, when I talked to Victor Roger, he was talking about how... um, you know, he writes a play and then someone else has to perform it and he was joking about, you know, getting people to do things that, yeah. you know, and I'm just wondering, like, obviously it didn't because you're all shaking your head, but I mean, was it, I'm just wondering, like, this this project, the writing was never unbuckled from the performance, was it? Like, it, 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 it was oh, yeah, always, yeah. so, central. yeah, so I think that's really interesting, like, maybe you just didn't even think about that while you were writing it, but. Oh, it's no, on was Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I mean,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um I think because I mean, if you just look at the time that we spent preparing the show, I mean, the 80% of it at least was getting the writing exactly right. Mm-hmm. Cuz we we thought the the performance part is like Obviously, there needs to be a bit of it. Yeah, like we say, for the audience, we need to honour the audience and we need to give them a bit of something. So we need to be familiar with what we're reading and that kind of stuff. And we need to make it clear when there's a change, when there's a shift um, and making it visually interesting for the audience. But, um, yeah, we're writers. Mm, we're not mm, actors. Mm. So we, we and we never were going to try to be actors. Mm. Um, so it was all about the writing and honouring mm. that and getting that across.
3: Yeah, can perfectly. I just say too? Um, I, I I hope it doesn't. I hope we haven't come across as being anti-theatre. In yeah, fact it's, no. In fact, it's the opposite. We yeah. all love theatre, and we and we all have friends who are in theatre and actors, and that's like it's we again with the honouring. We honour the art of theatre and acting so much. That, that's why we are drawing mm. the line. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we understand because we have friends who are in theatre and we have friends who are actors and we understand all of what goes into their art and they're amazing. And so we're not straying over into that territory because, you know, we're not worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're not worthy. We're not actors. We're not theatre. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not like a, I hope it wasn't coming across as like, we don't like theatre. We love yeah. theatre. Yeah. And yeah. that's why we were not doing theatre because we wouldn't do a good theatre.
1: <laughs> yeah. One also, um, one thing that we thought about quite a lot was the time. So we had 45 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. When we did that five hour day, um, we read just the narrative. And at that point, it was like seven scenes longer than it was at the it's end. So, hour. yeah, so it took over an hour. Um, so we had to cut. And going back to that question about the arc of the characters or the story, I think that's when we got the post it notes out. And we had to really be mm-hmm. a bit brutal we went from like eight characters to four or something like that mm. so that was definitely thinking about the performance like mm. keeping the time mm. putting the beats in so the audience would hopefully stay interested yeah
3: here's another good example of how constraints can be really helpful and mm. focusing because we just had this constraint of 45 minutes that was the time we were allowed mm. and so we had to squish it into that so that was a good one you know it made us edit harder mm yeah and you
1: wouldn't do that like if you're if I was writing my own stuff it doesn't matter how long it is you know it has to be a minimum of a certain amount of words but yeah we had a maximum
2: and then the other thing we had to consider being writers and generally you know with writing it's read Mm. and Mm. so you've got a physical piece of paper or a book to read and you can go back and you know save a writing or if you read something and you realize you didn't take it in you can go back so we knew that there was a bit of a an obstacle that we had to overcome of, because we were trying to do something a bit different, and yet we weren't trying to act, um, is that we needed to, and the fact that we are focusing on writing because we know that's our strength, is that we knew that the audience are only hearing it once because mm, they're mm, here mm, to, mm. to listen to us speak it. They're not seeing the writing. Um, we, had to, we needed to make it clear just, you know, so that they could understand what was going on. But we were also aware that they won't take in everything. Yeah. So all of these, there was a lot of details that um, the much longer um, earlier drafts had that we took out because firstly for time to make it shorter, but also because we knew it was stuff that would either confuse the audience or would only really work by being read. Mm. That's actually something that I, I brought up and we all sort of noted a couple of mm. times is, mm. is lines that... Uh, beautiful to read and convey something beautiful, but if you try and read them aloud you ha- it, it it doesn't actually there's the things that don't make sense mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there was there was that stuff going on too
0: It's incredible eh honestly we're just about we've just about talked for as long as the play was. <laughs> <laughs> that was <amazing. laughs> what, well yeah the, no well, actually a little bit longer than forty five minutes um I just wonder is there anything else anyone wants to say like
3: uh, uh, I just want to well thank you for inviting us oh, um, it's an you. enormous honour and it's been really fun to have you here and make you breakfast and have a chat around my dining table and um, yeah I just want to thank Marilyn and Charlie for how open hearted and um, trusting they were through this whole thing which was my crazy idea to start
0: <laughs> it yeah. awesome
2: Beautiful. Yeah. and
1: mm-hmm. I would just encourage people to collaborate with each other and make weird stuff with because I think it does help to um, break open some, break open your brain a little bit, you know, yeah. to allow other people to finish something you've written or you finish something someone else has started. It's really exciting and fun.
2: Yeah, and don't be scared of trying something different. I mean, I think what I found with, I mean, I'm only 24 and I haven't really been doing art for very long and like writing that kind of stuff. But I ha- I've always wanted to try and. I don't want to say the word original because nothing's really original anymore but I always want to do something unexpected Mm, and different mm. I mean like with the exhibition I did even though it was like mostly um, artists when they have an exhibition it's just the visual art on the wall and I was like I want to add something else I want to make it a bit different and then with this show um, even though I had you know the angle of having acting in the past and and I was thinking that I, I could have pushed us more down that angle if we really wanted to I gave myself the constraint of being like no, like, I want to do something else, I want to try something that's in between, that's a little bit, like, hard to define, I mean, um, I think we all found trying to explain what our show was to our friends and Mm, family when we were mm. encouraging them to come was really hard, really, really hard, um, and that's kind of cool, because it's just like you're going to see something maybe a bit different, um, yeah.
0: Oh, it was so great, honestly. I just, I mean, yeah, thank you all so much. Um, you, um, yeah, I think we were talking before about how, you know, uh, the process was very alive in the show, and I think that um, it is a lot of hard work. That's the other thing I think is that it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of joy, and, yeah, thank you all so much. And thank you so much. I mean, the day after your show for coming on the podcast, I really appreciate it. Thank, thank, you.
1: thank you for thank asking. You, pa- thank you,
0: So um, by way of an exercise or a response, um, I had this idea and I'm just going to read it out because I'll mess it up if I don't read it out. So what happens when you put imaginary people into a place you live? So what I thought you could do is choose an imaginary person. It could be a character of your own, um, you know, that you've devised or it could be an imaginary person that already exists um, in television or books or film or however, um, now what I thought is you could put this imaginary person in a place that you live or know well, one way you could do it is you could actually put that person in exactly the space that you're in right now and then I thought you could we could just like free, fr- free write for as long as we want, trying not to lift our pen from the page and then I thought maybe you could introduce another imaginary person and maybe you could make them have a fight or a conversation, so yeah. This was just my idea Um, and yeah, thank you.